0: Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Much better. My name is Heather Lanza, and I'm part of the leadership team here at Encounter. And I get the joy, and honor, and pleasure of uh, just speaking to you guys today and continuing on our series. But first, I just want to give a shout out to all of our moms out there. Whether you're a current mom, a future mom, um, or you have a mom, we literally would not be here without our mothers. They are an important part of our lives. So let's just give a hand to our moms out there. Come on, big clap. We love our moms. You know, And maybe you don't have the best relationship with your mom, but you're here because of your mom. So I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful that we all get to be here together. I apologize for the super sappy video. It's not a Mother's Day unless there's a few tears that are shed. And when it gets that part of Mary looking at Jesus, I'm like... <laughs> It's so sad. But yeah, so we're just thankful for our moms. And today we're going to continue our Heroes and Villains series. And uh, last week we talked about the serpent who was our first villain. And I didn't want to do a villain on Mother's Day. So we're going to go with a special story about a lady named Hannah. This series that we do is one of my favorite. We have a couple that we repeat every year because they're just favorites. And I love this series particularly because it allows us to take a look at characters and people in the Bible that maybe we're not super familiar with because, you know, we hear all the main stories on holidays and and different times of the year, but this is an opportunity for us to look at people in the Bible that maybe we're not as familiar with. So um, today we're going to be focusing on Hannah, who is a very special lady, and we're going to learn more about her today, but... A lot of people aren't as familiar with her story, and that's why I chose her today, not just because she's a mother, but because I feel like there is um, an example from her life that we can learn from today. So maybe your mom here today, that's awesome. We're so glad that you're celebrating Mother's Day with us. But even if you're not a mom, maybe you don't ever want to have kids, maybe you're a man in the house and you're like, it's Mother's Day, it's not really my day, this is the day where I have to wait on my wife hand and foot. Doesn't matter this lesson today what we're going to learn from Hannah is is a story of perseverance it's a story that we can all learn and grow from so i'm excited to share that with you today And uh, we're going to start right off with our big idea because that kind of encompasses the entirety of today's message and the story that we're going to talk about. And our big idea today is we must trust God in and with everything. And that's a lot easier said than done. It's a lot easier to say, okay, I'm going to trust God with everything and in every situation. It's not that easy. It's not that simple. And so we're going to hear of a great example of how Hannah did this in her life, and just a little bit of a backstory on Hannah, because um, most of the story of Hannah itself takes place in First Samuel chapter one, and uh, we're not going to read through the whole thing because it is a little bit lengthy. So I am going to give you kind of a backstory on Hannah, and I am going to use my notes here because there is some pretty crazy names out there for this story, and I don't want to screw them up, even though I probably will. So Hannah was married to a man named Elkanah. I think that's how we're just going to call him Papa E. So Papa E is who Hannah was married to. And Hannah... A special story here, Hannah had a sister wife whose name was Panaya. So Papa E had two wives, Panaya and Hannah, and this was very common back in the day. It was common back in that time for them to have more than one wife. It wasn't kind of like, you know, you're, you're looking at Sister Wives, a TV show. It was just something that was very common in that time. It was also very um, important for the wives. They were to take care of the families, and they were to multiply. They were to continue on the family line. And so when we see, we'll call her Miss P, uh, Panaya, what would happen is every year, so Papa E, you know, was a believer of Jesus, believer of the Lord, of God. So he would, every year, he would go and give thanks. So he would go out and give a sacrifice, and he would take his best calf um, or whatever, and he would do a sacrifice. And part of the tradition was the entire family would go. So you've got Papa E, you've got Miss P, sister wife, and you've got Hannah, and then um, Paniah had many children. It says that pretty much every time you turn around, she had another kid, and Hannah did not. So what they would do is every year, once a year, they would go out and they would go to the altar and make a sacrifice of this animal as thanks to the Lord for all that he had done for their lives. And so part of this ceremony is is that they would take this calf or lamb or whatever it was, and they would sacrifice it, and they would give part of it to God, but then they would also feast off of some of the remains of the animal as well. So they're cutting off steaks and, you know, having a nice feast on this day of thanks and celebration. So the tradition was that if you had children, you got your portion. So they were having like a meat fest. Like if you know Texas Day Brazil, that was what Panaya... Uh, sister wife was doing. She was having her feast with all of her kids and she would get an extra portion. She would be able to have hers and then some and all of her kids would eat it but Hannah, because Hannah was barren and had no children, Hannah just had her little, I was asking Jared, I was like, what's kind of a pathetic steak? And he said, what was it, a chuck round or chuck roast or something like that? So she's over here eating her little piece because she didn't have kids. And it wasn't that Papa E didn't love her, it was just the tradition. She got more um, because she had the children, and Hannah just got her one portion because it was just Hannah. And so Hannah was very distressed. She wanted more than anything to have a child. She wanted to be a mother. That was her, what she felt was her call in life, was to be a mom. She wanted that more than anything. And the sad thing is, is that... Uh Paniah was just so mean and hurtful. And so it even talks about in, uh, in the beginning of 1 Samuel that she just mocks Hannah, that she just rubs it in her face. You're no good. You can't have kids. You have no worth. If you look around me, I have all these babies and you've got nothing and you're just eating your little your little steak while I'm having my meat fest over here. And she would just constantly berate Hannah. And Hannah was just heartbroken. She was so upset. And Papa E, he loved Hannah. He loved Hannah so much. It says that he even favored Hannah a little bit more. He just, his heart poured out to her. And in verse 8, this we don't have this on the screen, but I just wanted to read it for you. Hannah has left this feast, has left this offering in the altar, and she is heartbroken. Panaya's rubbing it in her face. She's upset. She wants a child more than anything. And so she's just so upset. And her husband says, why are you crying, Hannah? Why aren't you eating? Why are you downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? How sweet is that? He's like, But you have me, love me. But Hannah's like, I'm just not complete. I love you and I'm so thankful for you, but my life is not complete. I want to have a child, I want to be a mother. She just felt like there was something void, something missing in her life, and she's just crying out, and she desperately wants to be a mother. And so Hannah goes and decides, you know what, I need to find peace. I need to find solace in the midst of this heartbreak and frustration. And so she goes to the temple to pray. And that's where we're going to pick up in verse 12. First Samuel chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. And I encourage you, if you have your Bibles this morning, pull it up. It's nice to read along so you can have it. Um, if you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles available for you. They're out on this counter out here at the Connection Center. Pick up a Bible. It's a great thing to read and be able to just uh, be a part of these stories that, that God has for us. So we're going to pick up in First Samuel uh, chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Now, this sounds creepy, so I'm going to tell you who Eli was. Eli was the high priest in the temple. He wasn't just some creeper in the church watching Hannah. Um, He was the high priest. So it would be like, you know, if you're going through something and you come into church and Pastor Jared's here and he's like watching because he knows something is going on and he's about to intervene. So Eli wasn't the creeper in the church. He was the high priest. And it's important to know these things. Um, Seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here to drink, he demanded? Throw away your wine. So think about this. So Hannah is so upset. I mean, she is completely heartbroken. She's sitting on the pew in the temple and she's crying. She's so upset that she can't even get words out because she's just, I mean, this is like super ugly crying, like the ugliest crying of ugly crying. This is what Hannah's doing. And he's like, what's going on? You're obviously drunk because you're not making any sense. Your your face is like, "Ah," you know, so he's just like, what's going on? You shouldn't be here. Why are you drunk? And she goes, oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of the great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. How great would that be if it's just like, all right, Go in peace. You're good. No problems. Unfortunately, we don't usually take that kind of advice. We still like to sulk in it a little bit. But you know what? Hannah needed to be heard. So she went to the temple because Papa E is like, just love me. I'm good enough for you. I got you, baby. And she's like, but I want to be a mom. There's something missing in my life. And this can happen in any part of our lives. Maybe there's something that's just not complete in your life. In my personal life right now, we're going through this journey of buying a house. And for me, it's like this house is like the void that I need for the next chapter. Maybe for you, it's, it's a job. It's a work situation. Maybe it's, you know, a significant other. Maybe you're longing to have kids, whatever. It is, you know, that's important, and that's what we can relate to this story. It's not just about being a mom, but Hannah was going through something and she needed comfort. And so she went to the temple to talk to Eli, and Eli said, You know what? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to intercede with you. I'm going to pray on your behalf and believe that God has heard your heart, that He's going to answer those prayers. And so throughout the rest of this message, we're going to learn three important life lessons from Hannah. And these are life lessons that are so good for all of us, no matter what your situation is, no matter what that spot in your heart and your spirit is just longing for, we're going to learn life lessons to live by as we're going through these situations in our lives. How can Hannah teach us how to live life? How can Hannah teach us how to approach those difficult situations, those longings, those desires of our hearts? And so our first lesson from Hannah is our response feeds our circumstance. And this is so true. Hannah could have very easily, now she was doing a little bit of ugly crying in in the temple, but she could have very easily, you know, punched Panaya in the face being like, you know what? I don't like you. I'm not going to deal with this. She could have just sulked and been angry and frustrated the entire time and just done nothing. She could have just chilled out in a room and said, you know what? I, I just give up on life. I don't even care anymore. But Hannah knew that there was more to her life, and she didn't let her circumstances bring her down. Instead, she pursued hope, and she pursued what she knew God had for her. And so she went and she prayed. What a crazy concept when we're going through something that we just take some time and we pray about it, and we ask God, God, this I want this. This is the desire of my heart. I just need you to speak to me. I need that peace in my life. And that's what Hannah did. So that's our first life lesson is our response feeds our circumstance. And now we're going to pick back up in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 19. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. So they're back giving their sacrifice. They're going through this whole thing again where Paniah is like, ha-ha, I got all the babies and you got none. And Hannah's eating her little steak and they're all having their meat fest at Texas Day Brazil. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Papa E slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. So here we see Hannah, after not letting this take over her circumstances, she continued to believe that God had more for her. She, she, she continued to know that what Eli had said when he had prayed for her and said, you know, God is going to grant you. I believe that this peace that you're asking for, God's going to give that to you. And she continued to persevere. She continued to give all that she had. And now she's pregnant. Now she's going to have this baby. And so now we go to life lesson number two. Don't give up. Because he will show up, he being God. God will show up. He wants to be present in our lives. Hannah knew her story wasn't complete. She knew that there was something left. She knew that she had a promise in her heart that God was going to fulfill. She knew that that just wasn't the end, that it wasn't the end for her just to be married to Papa E. It wasn't just the end for her to have to live a life with, with her sister wife always teasing her for having all of these kids. She knew that there was something more. And so she reached out to God and knew that God was there. And this is something important for our lives. You know, our timing is often what we try to go off of, but our timing isn't always God's timing. Our timing isn't always um, what God's preparing, because sometimes there are roads that he's still paving for us to walk down, and that's a hard thing to hear. It's a hard thing when we're in the midst of a really frustrating situation to know that God hears our desires, but our desires, you know, he He's matching that time up. He's putting all these roads connected. You know, we see, I was talking to someone the other day and I said, you know, sometimes when we're going through difficult situations, we see from point A to point B and I see this straight road, I can just get on the parkway and I can land there in an hour. But God sees the accident ahead. God sees the speed bump. God sees the truck coming at us. God sees all of these things. And so maybe God takes us the detour that takes a little bit longer, but he sees the end route. And so God knew that for Hannah and God knew that that he had a plan for Hannah's life. So we don't give up because God will show up. And Hannah knew her story wasn't complete. You know, I um, have a story very dear to my heart that happened within our family, and I asked my, I'm going to try not to cry for this, my sister-in-law, Carrie, if, if I could share this story. Um, several years ago, um, my brother and sister-in-law, Chris and Carrie, were trying to have another baby. They had Madeline. And uh, Carrie and Chris knew that their family wasn't complete, that they needed to continue to have a baby. And they tried for years and years, and it seemed almost hopeless as they were trying to have another baby. And I remember year after year, we would go as sisters to this conference, and we would pray and we would cry out to God for this baby that Carrie knew she was promised and we would be like, God, what are you doing? Like she feels this this longing for her family to be complete, and it's not yet. So, what are you doing? Why why aren't we feeling this? Why isn't this happening yet? Why is this taking you know not months? Why is this taking years? And we would cry out and we would pray for for this baby, and and it was heartbroken. And it even got to the point where, you know, Carrie just felt this desire to have a baby and knew that it was something that God had promised her. She had clearly felt from God and. And sadly, I think the rest of us were just kind of like, you know, well, maybe it's time to move on because it's not happening. And it's been years. And, you know, maybe it's just being content with where you're at right now. And, and I remember caring being like, my family is not complete. This is not done yet. God made me a promise. And I'm going to stick to the promise. And I'm going to believe that God has that promise for another child, for my family to be complete. And so we continued to pray with her. We said, you know what, this is what's on your heart. So we're going to pray with you. And it took years, what was it, like four years before um, she was finally able to have Ellie. And, man, God is good. You know, I can remember Kylie and I talking and being like, we just got to be there for you know, and hopefully God answers this prayer. And because we don't see God's plan, we don't know what God's doing. But, man, I'm so glad that God spoke to Carrie because I hold Ellie now and she's, um, a little over a year old now, and I hold her, and I am just so grateful for what God had. Those promises. So don't give up on what the desires of your heart are. We don't know what God's timing is. We don't know what what God's got mixing in there. It's not always from point A to point B. Sometimes He's working it. But there's a true life story. God gave Carrie a promise. It wasn't just back in the Bible days thousands of years ago. It happened recently. It happens now. God hears us. He understands us. And so now we can celebrate as a family for God's faithfulness that he brought another sweet little girl into our family who just has the brightest eyes to to share her love around and and so that promise that God gives us that he will show up is true. It may not always look like we want it to look like, but God's promises are always faithful and always true. And his timing may not match with our timing, but his timing is always the perfect timing. And that's something that we need to remember. And so now we're going to pick up in 1 Samuel, again, chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. They brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. And so, our third life lesson that we learned from Hannah here is when you get, don't forget to give. It's so important. We oftentimes, we're just like, gimme, gimme, gimme. We want what we want, and we want it now. And then we forget the journey that we've been through to get to the point where we are now. And so when we are given a gift, when God answers our prayers, we need to remember to give thanks. Thank you, Jesus. I, you know, whenever I see Ellie, I just say in my heart, God, thank you for this sweet gift Thank you for that. Carrie is a hero to me because in the midst of this journey, when we were kind of like, I want you to have this, but maybe it's time to move on she stood firm on the promise that God gave her, and that's inspiring to me because we so often get so distracted by the struggles of our lives that we lose sight of the God's, of promises that God has given us that he's placed in our lives. He did it for Hannah. Hannah cried out. Hannah dealt with years of abuse from Paniah. She had a husband that loved her and said, Can I be good enough? And Hannah said, You are, but I want more. God has more for my life. And so Hannah continued to pursue what she believed God had for her. And then she was given Samuel. And then after she was given Samuel, she promised God, if you give me this child, I will give him back to you. And so she goes back to the temple and she says, Eli, look, look what God did. Look at his promises. Thank you. And she continued to give thanks to God for the child that he had given her. And I love that it, that it said, let me pull this up here. She named him Samuel, for it means I asked the Lord for him. So she even named him in honor of what God had given. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. That's so sweet and so precious. When you get, don't forget to give. When God answers those prayers, don't. Make sure that you acknowledge what he's done in your life. Tell people about it. It's exciting. It's awesome. You know, in our lives, we've been living this journey of faith for this year, and and God's answered prayers. And I try in every every situation to tell people what God has done in my life. You know, another situation in my life when I um, some of you may know a little bit about my my birth story. I try to share it every year on my birthday because I want to give thanks for my life. When I before I was born, I have two older brothers. And uh, after my second brother, Jonathan, was born, my mom had a third pregnancy and ended up losing the baby pretty close to, to her due date. And uh, it was heartbreaking for my parents. And so my mom had no desire to have any more kids because when you lose something like that, it, it just crushes you. And, and so they hadn't planned to have any more kids. They were getting a little bit older. They were Approaching their forties, and and decided that they weren't going to have any more kids. And God had another plan because now I'm here, and um, you know, and and so it was it was a hard road. My mom, because of of the reasons that my sister had died, and and just some health issues with my mom, and and her body was fighting against my body. There was just a lot of issues um, throughout her pregnancy, and the doctors told her, you know what, you need to not have this baby because there is no way that we can see that this baby will live a normal life. They will be hospital-ridden, be in a wheelchair, not be able to talk. And, and this isn't to toot my horn like, look at me now, here I am, you know? but But it's a sign of God's faithfulness. My mom believed she prayed and she just believed that God would not put her through something like that again that, that that just couldn't happen that she needed to complete her family and so they told the doctors no they switched doctors and and it was a rough road after I was born I spent several months in the hospital very sick and and, um, you know, it was just very tough on my parents, but here I am completely healthy. And, and again, that's not to toot my horn saying, look at me, look at me, but that's a sign of God's faithfulness. He hears us and he knows what we need. And I, every year I take special time on my birthday to not just say, it's my birthday. I love presents. Give me all the presents, but it's, it's a time. I do love presents that don't get It's fine. Anyway, so, um, you know but it's a time to say god thank you for choosing life for choosing to to put in my parents a will to have me, a will to fight, a will to follow after their desires, after their hearts instead of just giving up. And I always thank my mom every year. Thank you. I always say thank you for birthing me. You know, thank you for choosing to believe that God had a purpose and a plan. And I think that's something that we all just need to keep in our hearts. We can learn from this story of Hannah. It's about how we face situations in our life. When you're having just a crappy day, when life just seems like it is those walls that are just Starting to like close in, kind of like I think it's Indiana Jones when he's like running through and the walls are closing in. Like when you're having those days where it seems like the world is just crushing you, when there's something that you know you want in your heart, when it is a desire that is just so deep in your heart and you know that it is something that is not fulfilled yet fight for it. Know that God is fighting for you to have that. The Bible tells us that he wants us to have the desires of our heart, and that's so true. The desires of our heart are so dear and precious to him. He heard Hannah's cry. He knew that Hannah was not complete. He heard Carrie's cry that her family was not complete. He heard my parents cry. He hears your cries. He's not done with your life yet, but you have to let him have charge you have to let him have control because when we try to get from point a to point b we're distracting him from what he's trying to do he just wants to have control over our lives it's so important to make sure that we are allowing god control and that's what we can learn from hannah hannah is a story of perseverance hannah never gave up sure she had bad days we heard about her ugly cries in the church, we heard about her being frustrated and having to deal with someone constantly mocking her and rubbing it in her face. Maybe you've been in that place where you want something and everyone else around you is getting that. Everyone else is having babies. Everyone else is getting a new job. Everyone else is buying new houses. Everyone else has a boyfriend. Everyone else is getting married. But it's not about everyone else. It's about your connection with God. It's about persevering after him, knowing that he is, cares for you. He loves you. He hears you. And he wants that for you too. And I, this last little piece here, I stole from one of Jared's messages because it was just so good. And he's my husband, so I can do that. And it's the scene of our greatest disappointment could be the setting for your greatest miracle. What does that mean? It means that the frustration that you're going through, the heartache that you're feeling, the discontentment that's just eating you from the inside out isn't the end for you. God has so much more. God sees the end. God sees the path. God's holding you in his hands and saying, you know what? I'm not finished with your story yet. So don't give up on me. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on what's deepest and dearest in your heart because I'm not finished yet. So your disappointments are God just saying, you know what? I got this. I got your miracles did my mom want to lose a baby in the process no but instead now I have a miracle of my life that I can share with people because her greatest disappointment of losing that child turned into a miracle story of life and of love and something that I can share my entire life so we learned from Hannah that we need to persevere don't give up Don't give up on those desires. Don't give up on those callings. Don't give up on those things that that may just seem like pipe dreams out there because God cares about those pipe dreams. God's collecting them, and he's putting them together, and he takes those, those dreams, and now he just starts to map them out. And so he's just aligning it. But we have to make sure that we're staying connected to what he has for us. Um, I'm going to close in prayer, and then Aaron's going to lead us in a song. We're going to sing Good, Good Father. And I thought this would just be a perfect song for a closing song. And as we sing this song, I want us to just know that God is good. He loves us. He cares about us. It's not God who's like dangling things over like a, a carrot in front of a horse. That's not who God is. That's not who God is at all. Instead, God's the one who's leading the horse, who's who's creating that path for us to go down. He's a good father, and he loves us, and he cares about us so very much. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that your love is so much stronger, so much bigger than we could ever hope to or or imagine, because you just love us that much. God, I thank you that the deepest desires of our hearts, that you hear them, that you hear our cries. You see us when we're broken. You see us when we're hurting. You see us when we're just dreaming of what the future could be, God, and you care about that. I thank you that you're such a loving Father. God, I pray that you'll help us to take these lessons we've learned today, to be able to stand in our circumstances and give you... The love and honor that you deserve, God, that when it's difficult, God, that we have the right attitude, that we're persevering after you, and in the end, we're giving you thanks that you know best, that you have the best mindset for us, God. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home, or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to encountergiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.